The Red 78. I just can't believe you've been positive for three weeks in a row. It must have been something that's so out of your mind. I know, I can't believe it myself. I can't believe it myself. Available every Wednesday. Don't miss a moment of action. Subscribe to the Rugby Channel on the OTB Sports app and turn on your notifications now. Off the ball, daily. Welcome to Tuesday's Rugby Daily. My name is Richie McCormack. On the way, Bernard Laporte has finally seen some sense. Finn Russell is on the move. But first, all four provinces have provided injury updates ahead of the first set of festive interpros. We'll start with Connacht, who have confirmed that Gavin Thornbury is facing a lengthy spell on the sidelines. He was replaced two minutes into the second half of their Challenge Cup win away to Breve on Friday night with a knee injury. The lock went under the knife today, with Connacht fearing he'd suffered tendon damage. Paul Boyle will also miss Friday's game with Ulster due to a shoulder injury. But in better news for Connacht, John Porch, Mac Hansen, Jack Carty and Finlay Bealham are all likely to return for that encounter at the sports ground. Head coach Pete Wilkins was asked today about Thornbury's injury. I know there's a tendon injury in there and I think you know that in itself makes it fairly significant. So um, he's seeing a surgeon today and um, you know on the, on the back of that we'll know a bit more. But um, you know it'll certainly be a number of weeks um, if, if not more. So we'll wait and see, but it is serious, yeah. On the Ulster side of things, they have injury worries of their own ahead of Friday's Interpro. Billy Burns is out, having sustained a concussion, while Rob Herring misses the go-away trip with a rib injury. As I told you yesterday, Ulster are working with the EPCR on a full review into the circumstances surrounding their Heineken Champions Cup game with La Rochelle being moved to the Aviva. On last night's Monday Night Rugby, Irish independent rugby correspondent Rory O'Connor felt Ulster moved too late to save their Belfast pitch. I mean, I knew that the Kingspan Stadium surface was in trouble on Tuesday night. So I got wind of this Tuesday night. I broke the story at 11 o'clock on, on Tuesday night. And generally it takes a bit of time for these things to reach a journalist's ear. So Ulster, obviously Ulster knew, and the you know from what I hear, the squad knew that the pitch was in trouble on Monday. Um, they didn't get the covers down in time. There was a weather warning given about this period of time on the 7th of December. The match was scheduled for the 17th of December. They had 10 days where they knew the weather was going to be bad and they didn't protect their pitch. Um, they don't have under-soil heating, even though the, pit, the, the stadium was only done a couple of years ago. That was a choice that a pre- predecessor of Johnny Petrie made. Um, but there is, I don't think any of the provinces have under-soil heating on their pitches. And we do get, particularly in the north of the country, we do get icy weather. It's cost them a lot, a lot, a lot of money. You're talking nearly a million euro, I think. Certainly 720 in ticket sales is what I've heard, plus the cost of opening the Viva Stadium. If they'd made the call on Tuesday when they knew they were in trouble and the pitch was frozen and the thaw wasn't guaranteed, they could have probably put on buses down. They could have made this look like Munster and, and moving the game last year because of the concert. Let's get all. Let's all get to Dublin for a Christmas game. We're going to put on the buses. We're going to get down the road. We're going to cheer on the boys, and we're going to get make sure that the RDS is ironed out. It's nominated as their secondary venue. Um, but when what I'd like to understand, and Ulster haven't answered this question yet, is is when did they get the covers down, and what stage was the pitch at at that point, and also why was the RDS not ready for an even behind closed doors I believe it was nearly always going to be behind closed doors because they left the call so late that it it was just they didn't have the infrastructure in place to, to get the RDS ready but if it is your nominated secondary ground how is there not a contingency plan that says right if Ravenhill's off we can play the game in our secondary ground like this this is all ready to go you know how much did the RDS know about what Ulster have down as their secondary ground and all of those sort of things so I've um, limited enough sympathy for Ulster in this case because it's up to them to have their pitch ready to have it. I believe sixty percent of it was unplayable on 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 Friday night when they, when Luke Pierce um, 
did the inspection um, they wanted to delay till the next morning EPCR said we can't take that chance because we need this game to go ahead otherwise it would be 28-0 to La Rochelle that was the, it was no Sunday it was 28-0 to La Rochelle okay. and that's why the game was ultimately moved and then the RDS they couldn't seem to get the RDS available at all the RDS had its own issues apparently the, the, the pitch was barely playable on Friday night but they ended up in the Aviva with, with, well, I was going to say no one there, but nearly no one there. Now to the St. Stephen's Day meeting of Munster and Leinster. The hosts will likely be without back row John Hodnett, who requires a scan on what they're describing as a low-grade thigh injury. Young Lock, Edwin Adogbo will miss the festive period entirely with an ankle injury. But in better news for Graham Rountree and co, Simon Zebo, Stephen Archer and Jack O'Sullivan are all back in the frame for Monday's game. On the Leinster side of things, the Thowan Park encounter could be the venue for Tyg Furlong's return. He picked up an ankle injury in the win over Ulster at the start of this month, but his training load is increasing this week with the hope he can play some part in Limerick. There's contrasting news for Furlong's fellow props. Ed Byrne sustained a knee injury in the Heineken Champions Cup win over Gloucester. He faces 12 weeks on the sidelines following surgery. Thomas Clarkson is going to be out for eight weeks after suffering an arm injury lining out for Dublin University FC. Leinster senior coach Stuart Lancaster was asked today about Furlong's availability for that St. Stephen's Day game. Yeah, potentially. I mean, he, he, he took part in uh, part of training today um, and it'll be a similar situation um, tomorrow. Um, but obviously, you know, we just want to make sure he's 100% right. Um, so if not this week, then hopefully... Uh, the Connacht game. Lancaster has also been impressed by Munster's improvement in recent weeks. Well, I think the results speak for themselves, really. You know, like I say, the away wins. Um, obviously, the, they've always been a very, very hard team to score against. Um, so they've still got that sort of um, that competitiveness defensively. But obviously, on attack, you can see you know how they're working hard off the ball and uh, the lines that they're running. You know, the improvement that they've made there, uh, and they've still got their set piece prowess both defensively and in the line out the scrum strong and they're very very good close to your line you know when, when they're um, picking and going and generally converting pressure into points so um, yeah no they're going well they're going well and uh, credit to coaches for, for, for doing it Away from the domestic game, Scotland fly half Finn Russell will join Johan van Graan's Bath after next year's World Cup. It's reported he'll move from Racing 92 on a contract worth around €1 million a season, but the Premiership Club haven't revealed how long Russell's deal will last. It's believed the contract is for five years. Russell says he wants to bring titles back to Bath, who currently sit eighth in the Premiership. Bernard Laporte has confirmed he's relinquishing his duties as French Rugby Federation president. He was handed a two-year suspended prison sentence a week ago for various corruption issues. Laporte originally indicated he would remain on as FFR president until his appeal against the conviction was completed. But last evening, he announced he would comply with an ethics committee decision to step away from the union pending the outcome of that appeal. French Sports Minister Amélie oudéa castera says Laporte's decision shows an awareness of the shortcomings that led to his conviction. And finally, Wayne Barnes today helped announce the creation of a support network for elite referees. The International Rugby Match Officials has been formed with the support of World Rugby. Among their key objectives are to act as a representative body for its members on World Rugby Committees and in discussions around the laws of the game, relevant game-related protocols and high-performance standards at tournaments for match officials and to promote and support the physical and mental well-being of members. Earlier this month, you'll remember, Barnes revealed the extent of the abuse aimed at him and his family following the November meeting of France and the Springboks in Paris. That's it for today's Rugby Daily. Don't forget to subscribe to the OTB Rugby Feed to receive your daily dose of rugby news and to leave us all of your positive feedback as well. My name is Richie McCormack and I'll have more Rugby Daily for you tomorrow.